And a very good morning to you in the stressless, looking very comfortable this morning. It is uh, Deschutes County District Attorney Steve Gunnels is in today. Steve, great to see you, sir. Thanks, Frank. Good to see you. Very appreciative, appreciative of your time today. So one of the talk- topics we wanted to lead with today is the crime trends that you're seeing in Deschutes County. Tell me about that. Yeah, I've been reviewing crime statistics crime trends from around the country and in Oregon and obviously in Deschutes County lately trying to figure out if we're you know we're on the mark we're trying to keep the public as safe as possible and what we've seen overall in Deschutes County is that we've really returned to pre-COVID levels of crime here which is bad news Uh, in 2019, before COVID, we filed over 5,000 criminal cases, which is a big number. That's a a number that we kind of crested at up to 2019. And then during COVID, those numbers dipped dramatically into the high 3,000s for essentially for three years, 2020 through 2022. And this year we expect to file about 4,600 criminal cases. So we're getting right back up there into the, the pre-COVID levels of crime and charging people with crime. What sort of cases are you seeing? Uh, well, a couple of examples of, of crime um, are homicides. Uh, one of them is homicides uh, and that number has fluctuated quite a bit over the past few years. In 2019, we filed one murder case, and, the, and we had one murder here in Deschutes County. And that was a, a number that, that we had kind of gotten used to over the previous 20-plus years. We would have either zero, one, or two murders in Deschutes County. And, those are obviously horrible and, and difficult to deal with. Uh, so we had one in 2019, and then in 2020, the first year of COVID restrictions, we had four, and then four in 2021. And both of those numbers we thought were big numbers for us, for what we're used to. And then last year, we had a an off-the-charts number of murders. We had eight people murdered here in Deschutes County, which is an astounding number for, for me as a prosecutor. I'm a, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and, and it was, uh, head scratching. It was every other weekend, either I or other prosecutors in the office would be called out to murder scenes to deal with really horrible situations. And so that, yeah, last year was a, just a, a bad year, uh, and what I hope is an anomaly that we'll never get back to. This year, we've had three murders, which is still way too high, uh, but it appears that the trend is back down to more of a, a I hate to use the word, but a normal level of, mm-hmm. of that kind of crime. Another category of crime that we've we've dealt with over the years and there are good statistics for is driving under the influence of intoxicants, DUI. And in 2020, uh, the number of DUIs 
fell from about 1,100 the year before to 700, so a significant drop, about 35% drop in DUIs. And we believe that that's because of bar closures and the general restrictions on people's you know, ability to go out and drink in public. Yeah, they were, everybody was drinking at home. The liquor stores were busy. Liquor stores were busy, but you know, from, from a prosecutor's point of view or a public safety point of view, generally speaking, we would prefer that if people are going to be drinking that they stay off the road because that's a tremendous risk to, to you and your family when you're out you know, driving around, minding your own business. People who are under the influence of intoxicants are extremely dangerous. Uh, so those are the, the big crime trends that we've seen. Uh, the overall number is still down, but I think the, that that entire uh, gap between where we were in 2019 and where we are now can be attributed to the Measure 110 legalization, essentially, of small quantity drug possession. There are hundreds of cases that we used to file that we no longer can file because it's not a crime anymore. And so I think we are at least up to where we were in terms of other crimes. If the state legislature reinstitutes, modifies Measure 110, because a couple of cities now have said we need this to be illegal so we can take action on open drug use on our city, if that case were to happen, do you have the staff to handle the increased caseload that could happen overnight? We do. We have we have you know good experienced prosecutors in our office and we can handle a, a surge of another 4 or 500 cases within the office it would be you know it would be a stretch that um, that addition of cases though may exacerbate the the public defense crisis that we've talked about before where per- perhaps there wouldn't be enough public defenders available to handle that additional flood of cases what can be done about that problem? Well, I think there are only really there are only a few possible solutions to the problem. Uh, the Constitution entitles everyone who's accused of a crime to an, an attorney. The assistance of counsel is what the Sixth Amendment says. And if there is nobody to represent people who are charged with crimes, then we can't prosecute those cases. Those individuals either just kind of wait until an attorney's appointed and it could be months uh, or they can be released from jail and the case dismissed and we've seen that around the state there are hundreds literally hundreds of those cases in Multnomah County uh, due to their shortage of public defenders Uh, here I think the really um, good news is that we've for the most part, been spared from the worst parts of this, that crisis. Uh, that's because the courts have done a really good job of moving cases through, uh, getting attorneys appointed. Our public defenders have been really good about stepping up and taking on cases. And our office has worked with, with the public defenders and the courts to try to make sure that they don't get overloaded and they can maintain a high level of representation for their clients. Uh, however, recently we had a, an individual in our jail who didn't have an attorney. He hadn't had an attorney appointed for him for 
over a month and the court dismissed two cases because there's um, some federal case law that says that that's what needs to happen. I'm sorry, did not dismiss the case, released the inmate from the jail on those charges. And uh, the good news about that, I guess, or the saving grace there is that the individual also had a parole hold, so he was not actually let out of jail, but he's released on those particular uh, criminal charges that he had. And so we kind of see the edge of this storm coming to Deschutes County, and it, it kind of makes me nervous. I, I really think that the, the state legislature needs to act to better fund the public defense services in Oregon uh, because really the only viable solution to the problem is adding more public defenders to represent people. We're not going to slow down charging cases because we can't. We have a, an ethical duty to charge crimes when they occur in our county. And I don't believe uh, people are going to slow down in committing crimes. And so the, really the only solution is adding more public defenders to represent the people who are in our jails who are charged with crimes. All right. Um, a topic that I wasn't going to cover this morning, but uh, Heather's uh, thinking that maybe I need to ask you about the, uh, uh, the roundabout death arrest, which has been our lead story this morning. Uh, 76-year-old Walter Lane was found about a year ago in a roundabout at 14th and Newport. Now his son-in-law, Todd Brown, is facing some drunk driving and misdemeanor charges, but he's not charged with his father-in-law's death. Is that investigation continuing, or why? Why has he not been? Uh, is he not? Is he not accused of causing this death? What can you tell me about that? Yeah, the um, the investigation is continuing. There there are potential additional charges out there, uh, so I don't want to get too much into it. But but what we believe is that as uh, they were driving through the roundabout, as Mr. Brown was driving through the roundabout. Mr. Lane either opened the door and fell out of the vehicle or the, the vehicle um, door wasn't shut and Mr. Lane fell out of the vehicle and it was the impact with the, the roadway that killed Mr. Lane. It was an impact with the vehicle itself. Uh, and so although uh, we believe that Mr. Brown was under the influence of intoxicants, uh, there is there is no evidence that that intoxication led to the death of Mr. Lane. Uh, if evidence is developed that that points us in that direction, we will reconsider charges. Okay. Uh, and quickly, some changes in the law regarding the homeless. I'm curious about this case because there's uh, some things going to be happening with Grants Pass and other cities that will be going to courts. Yeah, Grants Pass is in the kind of in the midst of a uh, legal process. Uh, as everybody who's listening knows, there have been a number of challenges lately with uh, handling humanely uh, homeless people, uh, people who are camped in areas. We've had that here in Deschutes County in various parts of the county. Uh, you have, uh, from a public safety point of view and a public sanitation point of view, you have tremendous challenges with people grouped up in uh, these these outdoor camps. And so uh, 
public officials have really been challenged by case law out of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is the federal circuit we live in. And uh, the biggest the biggest challenge has been a case that uh, it's uh, Martin versus Boise that says that uh, it's cruel and unusual punishment for a an individual who's homeless living out on the street to be cited for trespassing for living on the street. Uh, well, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has recently kind of clarified that rule and held that uh, uh, that law only applies to people who are involuntarily homeless. That is, if the public officials or the city, the county, what, what have you, offers shelter to people and those people choose to stay on the street, then the public officials can take some action. They can either move the people or direct them to move. And if they don't move, they can give them citations for trespassing, even on public property. Is that in effect now? That is in effect now. This is a recent uh, Court of Appeals case out of San Francisco. Uh, Grants Pass, the Grants Pass case is a, um, is a uh, case of similar nature although a, a slightly different issue. And my understanding is that Grants Pass is intending to appeal from the Ninth Circuit all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court uh, for relief so that they are able to uh, kind of uh, manage their homeless situation in the city of Grants Pass. I know Portland recently opened a 180-bed shelter. They've only got 134 people in it because they can't get other people to come to it. So this would affect their situation there. Right. If there's available shelter space, that that allows public officials to take more action to try to clean up these, um, these camps and to try to redirect people to places where they have, you know, bathrooms, they have running water, and, you know, we're, we're headed toward another winter here in Deschutes County. It's not a pleasant place to be living outdoors during the winter here. On the flip side, I've heard some homeless say that they're afraid of being in these shelters because there's crime that goes on within them. They're afraid of uh, for their own safety. Well, that's, uh, that's, there's some legitimacy to that because we receive police reports fairly regularly of violence uh, but the um, the homeless camps themselves produce much more in terms of reports of violence and crime, uh, and and we've seen you know sexual assaults, stabbings, arsons, things of that nature, and shootings in some of our homeless encampments in recent years, and so when you know when any group of people who are strangers to each other are living in that way i think it it creates the risk of of violence i believe the shelters generally are pretty well managed they have security on board and the police are able to respond quickly to the shelters because the police know where they are and 
in my view, the shelters are a much safer place for people to be living than out on the streets under a tarp. All right. Steve Gunnels, District Attorney, Deschutes County. We never have, uh, we're never at a loss for words <laughs> with, with you. There's always more to talk about. I think, I think we are going to see that um, in, the, in the coming years. I think uh, we're going to have you know, controversies and crime, at least for the entire um, rest of my term. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate it. We're out of time today, but uh, thank you very much for coming in, and we will see you next month. Thank you, Frank. Steve Gunnels, District Attorney, Deschutes County, here at FM News 100.1 and 1110 KBND.